0: Welcome to Find My Voice. Everybody started somewhere and we want to inspire you to find your voice and start creating. That could be doing a video of yourself, writing your story, hosting a podcast or speaking on a stage. In this live show and podcast, we talk to video creators, writers, podcast hosts, film, television and radio personalities. It's a look back at the times when they wanted to share their voice and what inspired them to get out of their comfort zone and step up as a creator. Hello, I'm John Mabry Jr. And as a presentation coach, I help advisors and professionals connect authentically with their audience to drive leads for their business through video and podcasts. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook if you wanna take that next step because your voice will make a difference. Welcome to Find My Voice on the live show. We are broadcasting live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, YouTube this week. Um, We're also on the podcast, which is the delayed audio. You can can listen to that. Make sure you hit subscribe as well. Uh, As we talk to people who have found their voice, uh, so uh, to inspire you to find your voice. And uh, this week, it's thought leadership, and there is only one person I know who is (laughs) a thought leader well look there's plenty of thought leaders before we dive into some of those questions Verity Craft welcome to the live show
1: hello thank you so much for having me and I very much enjoyed that intro music I was like jamming behind it
0: as we went yeah let's go Uh, let's go um always good to start with a listener even on a live show what are tell us three things about Verity Craft that perhaps the audience doesn't know
1: Okay, oh, well, um, I feel like lots of people know this one, but it's, it's uh, a big part of who I am, which is that I'm a complete musical theater nerd. So um, I love to perform in my spare time. So when it comes to finding my voice, I have a voice in many different ways. Um, and yeah, and I absolutely love just being on stage and and singing and all of that. Um, I, I used to be a debater at high school. That was my big thing. I actually did less performing then. I did a lot of debating. Um, probably which, just as much at home as at uh at debates, but you know. <laughs>
0: which uh which speaker were you? Were you one, two, or three?
1: I was nearly always three. So I always liked mm, the I well, started off as one, but yeah, I always liked the mm, coming in you, being man. quite impromptu. Um and I think that some of that is what I now pull into my work in terms of challenging people and and looking at things from a different way, because you are forced in debating to to look at things in a certain way even if you don't agree with that personally. So um yeah it was it was good good practice in that way. Um and, and number guess, three. third, yeah. Um I'm a a proud cat mom god that sounds lame um but i love my cat he's like the coolest thing ever so uh yeah his name is ratchet after the game ratchet and clank which uh you can tell from that my husband chose the name not me um but he's he's pretty awesome he's he's hanging out down there funny
0: (laughs) funny funny you mentioned ratchet before you mentioned your husband but that's okay
1: yeah 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 yeah. he he would do the same as well
0: Nice. Um, Let's talk thought leadership for those people who kind of want to get some uh, some tips uh, earlier on. Can you define thought leadership in a sentence?
1: Yeah. So thought leadership is essentially how you take ideas to scale. So it's the process of, I often talk about it being made up of two concepts. So you think thought and leadership. It's the thinking. It's developing and evolving your thinking. And then it's the leadership, which is being out there, inspiring people, bringing people along for the journey, helping them um, get better in whatever way it is. So it's that those combo of those two things.
0: You mentioned uh, getting better. Um, you know, can you give us an example for uh, somebody who is sitting on the fence about kind of being a thought leader or putting themselves out there what 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 does what does being better mean to you
1: being better to me is about like this process of continuous improvement so um <clears throat> you know I don't think that there's an end point for any of us there's not like some perfection um that you can reach um I think that you know, being being a perfectionist is probably one of the hardest things that you can be because you're never going to reach perfection. So Actually. for me, it's just about consistently getting better. And ideally helping other people get better as well, not in a condescending way, but giving them the tools and the ideas and frameworks that if you've discovered something and learned something, either by yourself or through working with clients, sharing that with other people so that they can then also um, improve and get better.
0: And isn't it great seeing that transformation? and people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the coolest. Like that's that's I think what most of us want is to be able to have an impact on people and, and help people be better, feel better, do better, work better, whatever it is, whatever space you're in. Um, you know, we want well, certainly I want that for myself and then I want to do that for other people. And so it's really cool to to get to see that and to get to see clients have that impact as well.
0: Can anyone be a thought leader?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, theoretically anyone can be a thought leader. Um, I mean, like you don't you it's... don't need
0: to you, you don't need to be smart smart and wear glasses and you know, <laughs> you, you can
1: <laughs> um, well I, I would argue that most people are smart in some way and it's about figuring out, you know, where you're smart. But to me, thought leadership is a practice. So a little bit like exercise or yoga, it's something where you might not be used to evolving your thinking or or if, spending any time thinking in the first place or coming up with ideas if you decide you want to have an impact and you want to do that via thought leadership then there's no reason why you can't it's just a consistent practice of evolving your ideas and then sharing those ideas Um, but you know that's not to say that everyone who is um out there you know that's famous or that's well known is a thought leader because they might not be devoting that time to to um actually evolving their thinking so I think anyone can be but there's very few people who will actually do it and, and become one
0: so if you were working with a client um uh, where do you start you, you said you, you you know you 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 start in that thinking space well what 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 are some of those core things that you look at when you when a new client sort of arrives on the on the desk tell us where you start
1: Yeah, so we always start with what is the unique position that you're going to own or the unique way that you're going to add value to the market. So um, we use a model that we call um, PEM, which stands for Purpose, Expertise and Need. So if you want to have a real impact, it's often got to be driven by the fact that you've got a purpose. So To put effort into thought leadership, it's not as easy as something like, um, you know, marketing where you can just put lots of money into something and it'll get results. You might use marketing as a tool, but you have to put a lot more into thought leadership. So you've got to be driven by purpose and understand why you're doing what you're doing and where you want to get to. Then there's your expertise. So understanding, actually, what do you know enough about and what are you experienced enough in to share that expertise? Because... If you haven't really done anything, then probably you're not going to be adding huge amounts of value and you should go out and learn some more first. So thinking about what that area is and then need is thinking about who who are you going to help, like who are you here to serve? So who is your audience? What is their biggest need? What's the big goal that they're trying to reach or the big pain point that they're trying to solve Um, and really looking at how those three combine together so that you can come up with something that's quite unique and that doesn't just add noise to the market, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I've been adding a bit of noise on uh, on, <laughs> uh, on LinkedIn for sometimes two years. And I, I, I look, I, I largely agree with with everything you've 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 you obviously said then. And I think it's about you know positioning your expertise and then talking to you know I, I was at it was at James Campbell. Other people kind talk about that. Um, I help X get Y through Z. Yeah. You know, it really yeah. does kind of position your 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 expertise. Um, so how would you say that? Um, I help X get Y through Z, what would you say?
1: Well, it's gonna be different for every person. So for me, it's not about the formula, it's about the picture that you're trying to paint. So um, the way that I often um, talk about it is, yeah, what's what's the picture that you want people to have in their heads of you? And you're gonna paint that in lots of different ways because you don't wanna constantly say the same words. You don't wanna constantly say, I help X get Y through Z or whatever. You might say that once or twice, but you actually it's more about painting a picture. So sharing content, um, creating things that really help people understand what your expertise is, that um, help them build trust with you because they know that you're an expert in it, that help them see your purpose, that help them know, yes, this is for me and that's what I need. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's about the what's the picture that you're painting through everything that you're doing as opposed to, like, what's the one phrase? and we'll work with clients on getting their messaging right, but they're still going to use that on things like their website. Whereas then when they're consistently posting, they're not going to say the same thing over and over again, they're going to paint a picture that that creates the same
0: same feeling. So um, let's paint that picture, the Verity craft picture about you finding <laughs> your voice because um, th- this 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 uh, live show could have been um, uh, how to become a thought leader, but really it's uh, how did you find your voice, your singing voice? Where, where, did, where does that come from? Because I think a lot of what that is or, or what that inspiration is inspires what you do now.
1: Mm, yeah, totally. And I think what I'm trying to do as I – get older and a bit more experienced as trying to figure out how I bring together all the parts of me, as opposed to trying to become something that I see somebody else being. So um, yeah, well, singing wise, uh, my family is quite musical. So my sister started doing theater when we were, my older sister started doing theater when we were all quite young. And for a lot of years I really wanted to do theater and I really wanted to be part of it. Um, But she was always the singer. And uh, so I would do shows, but I was always the, like, I wasn't as good. And, um, you know, I didn't have the same natural talent. I've now worked on it quite a bit more. Um, and I, I think compared to lots of other people, I probably had huge amounts of talent. It's just, you know, she was phenomenal. Um, and so for a lot of years, I think it was about I really, really wanted to be doing what she did. And I really wanted to be her. And then getting really frustrated uh, when I couldn't do all of those things. Um until i think eventually i found the joy of it for myself and funnily enough i now do a lot of theater and she does none um and she's kind of trying to find the joy in singing again personally but um yeah it it was quite interesting like to have to go from i think always wanting to kind of be as good as Mm. and then discovering that actually i'm quite different and i need to like work on what makes me different and what makes me good and um find the joy in that i guess
0: you 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 said there was a tipping point where you just said you 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 gave up uh, trying to be like your sister. Can you remember a time when you kind of discovered that? Oh, can you can um, you was was there a particular show that you were in? Was it a was was it was it a moment on stage? Because you know I, I might have done a, a few shows at the Pump House, uh, perhaps not in musical okay. theatre, but but you know you're standing there on the stage and just have that little aha moment of going man i love this i just i you know you've got the audience in the palm of your hand and it's anything's possible can you can 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 you remember that time
1: i don't know if there was one specific moment but i think one of them was i remember being up so at center stage which is an oriwa in auckland um uh oriwa i should say actually um (laughs) uh and um i was doing a production of god's which is a real ensemble piece and i love doing ensemble pieces because there is nothing like being on a show with other people um and i had this song that um you know it was it was one of the ballads it was quite like it wasn't as fun as some of the others but being able to like sit there and connect with everyone really emotionally and doing really effectively, and having people kind of say that was my favorite part of the show, even though it was, you know, quite slow mm. and and quite different to the rest of the show. I think I I started to have those feelings of of going, ah, this is like this feels like me. This feels like what I should be doing. Um, and not necessarily as a career, but just just being on stage and and being able to kind of connect with people emotionally. And I think that that was what made a big difference. Was feeling that as opposed to being like oh i'm the star i'm out here and i've had other shows where i was more of a lead and i was more featured but i think that was there was something about that emotional connection both on stage and then with the people who are um, in the audience that that really made a big difference
0: and you know how how do you unpack that because you know there's a lot of you know we talk about the fourth wall uh, in theater you you might sing to the lighting guys but are you are you looking <laughs> are you looking at people uh I mean, you know, in terms of that connection, like I I get it being present to the words and present to mm. what you're saying, uh, and then you're present to the emotion and the emotion that they're getting. Do you do you engage with them physically? Um, Uh, on stage
1: i love to i'm a weirdo though so (laughs) (laughs) i really love watching people while i sing i know a lot of people who will look over like if they're auditioning they'll look above the people who are auditioning Mm -hmm. i am not one of those people i love to make eye contact and to try and tell a story with people and i think that's what makes it fun for me so oh. sometimes when you're in a bigger stage and you can't see anyone in the audience, I have to focus on okay, well, making sure that I'm engaging with the other people on stage because that's what makes it then fun—is that that emotional connection. So definitely, the um, for me, for me, it's it's the actual engaging with people. Uh, I know that that's not the case for lots of other people, so I might be a bit of a weirdo in that regard.
0: <laughs> no, you are not weird, Verity, because I remember <laughs> I remember I remember em seeing a, a I don't know a, a mall show in uh, in. In Australia, and I think Michael Klim was—I was interviewing Michael Klim, and it was the day after the Sydney Olympics. And I remember, um, uh, you know, looking at people in the front row and in really engaging with them. I think a lot of a lot of MCs or performers um, kind of want to throw their voice and talk to the audience, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. But but there's nothing quite like that moment when you look someone in the eye and. And, and they're like oh pick me or you know i, I want to ask okay. a question and it's you just get that emotional connectedness and it's just it's just yeah. magic moving forward yeah. for you from a from a business side of things um you would position yourself as a writer uh, where did that come from if you were doing musical theater where did the need to to help people um um create their thought leadership journey where did that come from
1: It quite randomly, like, to be honest, I I probably wouldn't call myself a writer as the first thing that I am. Like I actually the writing is something I happen to be good at and can use as a tool. It's not really who I am. And I think what I love about and what I discovered. So I I started off um, when I came out of uni, I had no idea what I wanted to do because I'd studied French and Spanish. I had no real career path. Um, And my sister introduced me to Christina, who's now my business partner because um, she thought that might be something that I'd like to do and at the time it was a copywriting business and did a little bit of PR as well um, and we got along really well and so I ended up working for her to start with and then over time we just discovered that we um, you know really complimentary and and loved working together and things but I think the discovery of what I really love to do and how I can really help people has been a really organic one through the process of building intelligent Inc and changing it so like we got rid of PR a few years ago and decided to focus purely on content and then we realized that the stuff that we were really engaging with and helping people with was this thing called thought leadership um, mm. and the part of it that made it fun and that where we could add the value that maybe a really great writer you know any other great writer couldn't and there's a lot of really great writers out there was in the pulling stuff out of them and helping people kind of develop their thinking and their ideas and really challenging some of those coming up with cool ways to um communicate those that were going to be more interesting and so that was it came really naturally um and has just kind of evolved and I've I feel like I've learned a lot more along the way of the fact that you can be really good at something but that's not necessarily the thing that like lights your fire so it's finding the thing that does that's both that you're really good at and that lights your fire. And for me, it's the it's the people side of it again.
0: Yeah. And look, I think I think it's, you know, there are plenty of content marketing agencies out there, but there's very few thought leadership. Yeah. Uh, agencies, and I think what what you you you're, you're effectively going deeper um, because you're you're right. It's it's really it's the questions that you ask um, to extract that uh, you know that that content that you're going to obviously create for them or create that picture. Uh, it really is a deeper thought, and I and I really love that. Um, if if people were watching the show. Um, a kind of, they weren't going to work with Intelligent Inc, but you kind of wanted to sort of set them on their way. Any kind of three mm. tips that you would suggest to people if they want to develop some thought leadership uh, for themselves or for their, I guess, for their wider business, where would you okay. say to start?
1: Well, for me, so I talk about the three C's of thought leadership, which are clarity, consistency, and community. So first would be get really clear on who you are and The value that you can talk about. So when I talked about the purpose, expertise, and need, if you can get really clear on those and have an idea of what space you want to own, then you can start to create things that sit around that and paint that picture. Um, Then there's the consistency, and this is both in terms of dedicating time to actually thinking and evolving your ideas, and I do things, I've got a whiteboard in the corner over there, that like every now and then I dedicate some time, but also every now and then Uh, my husband will just hear me run in and go furiously start writing things as i've thought of stuff but actually set aside even if it's just half an hour or an hour or two hours like actually set aside time to go like what am i trying to achieve what's the problem thinking about that and then committing to consistently sharing that. So whether that's just using LinkedIn, whether that's an email database, whether that's you've got a media column, whatever it is, whether it's speaking, um, just commit to actually consistently sharing those ideas because that's what's going to help start bring people to you, but also help you get feedback on those ideas and then community. So it's find the people who you can work with and partner with who want to share your ideas. Um, you know, start to connect with people on LinkedIn and actually have conversations so that you understand where other people are coming from. And if you can consistently, you know, um, if you get really clear on who you are, you consistently evolve your thinking and share it, and then you build a real community around you. Like that's, that's really all it comes down to. It's, it's not tricky. It's just something that you have to commit to and do over and over again, which is why I call it a practice as opposed to like a campaign or something.
0: Gotcha. And look, I can see the PR uh, sort of coming out. Um, we talk about channels or, or communication channels, and you said whether it's you know whether they've got an article, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's um, from a PR for P, P angle, P- PR angle. We talk about multiple different touch points. What mm-hmm. would you say to people who might have lots of different channels, but they're kind of lacking in the in the in the time to create that? What would you say? Is it is it just focus on where that community is?
1: yeah i think pick a few places and try and really focus on those so like for me linkedin's a big one um because that's where i found the most community so i don't really dedicate much time to facebook or instagram or anything i use them personally but not really for for business um
0: yeah.
1: but yeah so so think of a few few channels and stuff but also think about um like as you're deciding how to use platforms, think about how you can do the thinking once and create lots of content out of it. So for example, if you dedicate like two hours to developing a new idea, what can that become? Um, you know, so we've got a, a cycle that we developed not long ago that's around how you develop and, and validate and make an idea better. And so we kind of put the time into that. I tested out a little bit in the webinar to see if people connected with it. I shared it on LinkedIn so that then I could get feedback. I've evolved it since then. And then now it becomes part of our offering. We've also created, like, we'll create a blog post off it. So do the thinking once and go, how can I use this in as many ways as possible? Because most people aren't going to see everything that you create, so you might feel like, oh, I'm repeating myself, but you're not really, if you can um, just use that thinking and use it in lots of ways.
0: 100%. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left, um, cool. and I did say at the top, or before we came on here, uh, was, was, you know, uh, can we, it was, is there a particular song that you can give us a little <laughs> minute... Minute of, I know that we've we've kind of connected on the uh, sound of music. I have confidence, um, and and I know that song really speaks to you. Do you want to have a crack at um, just a little bit? Ah, warm up. yourself up. Warm yourself up. Coming in three, mm. two, one. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The amazing Verity Craft, and I have confidence. <laughs>
1: Um, I have confidence in sunshine. I have confidence in rain. I have confidence that spring will come again. Besides which you see, I have confidence in me. Strength doesn't lie in numbers. Strength doesn't lie in wealth. Strength lies in nights of peaceful slumber. When you wake up, wake up, it's healthy. All I trust, I lose my heart too. Well, John, like
0: bravo, <laughs> bravo, bravo! I love it. I love it. Uh, sing That's my a hype song. <laughs> now you do have you do have a show coming up uh, this year. You want to give us a little yes. plug on your show?
1: yes yeah thank you mm, um, mm. yeah i'm part of wicked which is on at um so wicked the musical on at sky city from the 10th of september till the 2nd of wow. october so i'm um, in the on- ensemble and i'm also the metamorable understudy so i might get to go on as the villain which would be fun um but the amazing tina cross is playing that part um most of the time um and yeah tickets are on sale at iticket.co.nz would love to see you there it's going to be phenomenal it's an amazing show
0: Oh, fantastic. Verity Craft, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Find My Voice. Uh, uh, If people wanted to get in touch with you um, because uh, they love your thought leadership, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, so LinkedIn's probably the best place to connect with me, so just Verity Craft. Um, Our website's intelligentinc.co.nz, Inc with a K. Um, But, yeah, always happy to connect with people and have a chat. And if you wanted to have a chat on whether thought leadership is the right approach for you, then always happy to talk about that.
0: Thanks for listening to Find My Voice. Join us next week for another guest to inspire you to find your voice and start creating. If you want to take that next step, connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook or drop by johnmabry.com.